There is an awakening that occurs when you find where you belong. We are the army rising up, the wild ones, outspoken for the sake of the one who spoke life into us. We are the spark that ignites a flame, called and therefore qualified, empowered to create atmospheres. So breathe in. Is there still an American youth who can arise and turn the tide of history in America to raise up an answer to the rebellion? We need another kind of a revolution. Now it's our time. We are the face of a generation ready to rise up. We're strong, the tip of the iceberg, standing on the shoulders of those that paved the way. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution. woo Hey, if you guys haven't come to a Rev Night, they are our Wednesday services from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, I spoke last week. We saw a bunch of healings from a student giving a word of knowledge. We saw um, just some amazing things. And also, like this week, does anybody know who Mike Yoder is, or one of our executive pastors? Mike Yoder. He will be down here this Wednesday preaching in Rev, because let's be honest, who doesn't want to be a part of Rev at this point? Like, so he's coming down. I'm super, super excited. Um, so if you guys can make it out, it'll be amazing. He's going to talk about missional leadership, and he's the person that is, he's one of the people that are really pouring into my life, and so I'm really honored and excited for him to come down and speak, but hey, who plays a sport or is in a play or does art? You can be a video gamer. That is a sport. Your thumbs can get extremely fatigued. I've, I've had it happen. Um, hey, so we went to a game in Muhammad at the Muhammad High School football game. The lights will flash in and out. We're struggling with the power issue, so don't worry about it. But we went to a game um, in Muhammad, and it was super, super fun. And we got to meet a lot of people's friends, and we got to cheer on some of our students who are playing and cheerleading. If you play a sport or you do something where um, people are able to come and like actually watch and support you, please message Urbana Rev on Instagram with your schedule. We had like three or four people do that today. Like we really actually want to come and cheer you on, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm telling you all this to say, I went to this football game, and I brought my daughter and uh, my wife, and we had some other leaders like David and Carly and Jacob and Taylor. Like it was super, super fun. So we're sitting back there, and we're sitting behind the student section, which, like, that's just what I do. I'm not that old yet, like, so I'm still, like, low-key relevant, I feel, in my spirit. Um, and so we went there, and the students are, like, getting hype, and they're throwing stuff around, and they've got, like, this water bottle filled with, like, beads or rocks, and someone just launches it backwards, and it just whizzes right by my head and goes, goes out of the stadium wherever, and I sat there, and internally I, I, did some, I said something and thought of something that I didn't do externally, thank the Lord. Externally, I was like, oh, like I saw who threw it, and I was like, ah. Internally, I was like, I'm going to slap a kid today. Like, this kid about to get slapped, and I don't even know him. I'm going to hit him so hard he's going to need a salvation afterwards. Like, but I'm just sitting there, and I just, that bottle like flew past me, and, you know, like, if I'm being completely honest, like, there was a moment where I looked at him, and in my mind, I saw me going, like, slow-mo, and just, like, him getting slapped, and all his friends being like, dang, 
But it didn't actually happen. Like, I wanted to so bad. Like, everybody has had that person that we actually just low-key want to slap. Like, we've had that moment. The problem is, and here's where we're going to get to with our message. The problem is, is that if my actions don't match up with my internal process and my internal process doesn't actually match up with my external process, then there's something that's actually not clicking. And I think it's just that I need more of the Father's love when it comes to things like that. And we'll discuss what that looks like. But everyone has been there where something has gotten really hard or we faced something and, and internally we didn't look like we did externally. Like we put on a good front, a good smile, a good like, hey, but inside you're like, I'm going to slap someone today. Like, like you've been there. Like I know all of us have. Like where something's really, really hard and we don't know how to get past it. So we actually put on this great facade, but internally our root system is terrible. It's got diseases, it's poisoned, it's not actually healthy. And so we're starting a new series today called Rooted. And we're going to talk about how we need to be rooted in God, rooted in the Father's love to live a successful life, to live a life where relationships are healthy and flourishing. So we're going to look at the Father's love today, but this is going to be probably like a six-week series because we're tracking with Maine, talking about rooted and what kind of roots are in our life, which ones need to be pulled out which ones need to be like put back, put in, which ones need to grow, and that our roots need to go deep. So let's pray, and then we'll get started. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you so much for your love. I thank you for sending Jesus on the cross. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. And Holy Spirit, thanks for staying behind so we can do and see what Jesus did and saw. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to John 13, 34 through 35. Also, if you're taking notes, like this is, this is an important thing. When you take notes, it helps you remember it. So we actually printed out these little pieces of paper that have lines on them. Our series are weak and pens. If you need notes and you're like, I'm just sitting here like doodling. Like if you need notes, David has some. So raise your hand so David can get you some notes. Please take notes. It's not because I think my message is that great. It's because you'll need to turn back to it someday and because Scripture stays true and it stays for forever. And so sometimes when life hits us, we need to actually see what God says. So as David is passing that out, turn to John 13, verse 34 through 35. This is the Passion Translation. I love this translation because it breaks down scriptures sometimes just to where we can understand it a little bit better. So John 13, 34 through 35 says this. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. I'm going to read that again. John 13, 34 through 35. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, Everyone will know that you're my true followers. Our first point today is this. Since you've got that paper and pen now, we can't have an excuse. Our first point is this. Love each other as much as I have loved you. It's right here on the screen. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. You know, when I read this, I'm this person that, like, I break things down, like, methodically, and I break them, I pull them apart, then I put them back together. And something that I see in this scripture is there's three steps to actually encountering the love of the Father and living a life that is rooted in his love. And the first thing is this. I actually need to encounter the Father's love. And I, I don't say that lightly, but the reality of it is is sometimes we come to church 
and we just, we think we're encountering the Father's love right now, but it's actually not encountering the Father's love until we actually encounter the Father's love. And what this means is, like, we actually combine, like, who we are with who the Father says we are, and we live a life that is abundant in his love. So this is what it would look like. If I grabbed Anna and I grabbed Tess and I, I, I said, hey, Anna, this is the Father's love, and Tess just stayed over there, and she's like, hey, she wouldn't actually have an encounter with the Father's love. It would be this kind of a distant wave like, hey, how you doing? But if I walked Anna over to Tess and said, hey, Tess, this is Anna, like, I want you to meet her, she'd actually have an encounter with Tess. So what ends up happening is that when we get into the presence of the Lord, we're asking the Lord for an encounter, and we're asking for the Father's love. Here's a couple things that I wrote down that enables me to actually encounter the Father's love. That his love actually never changes and it never will for you. Like, this is a reality that, like, adults, like, we call them adults in the faith, even though everyone should still say as a little kid, maturity is different from being an adult. But anyway, like, like, his love never changes for you because he can't change because he is love. Like, so check this out. Like, if you led a million people to the Lord, he wouldn't love you any more than if you only led one. Like, everyone thinks that's counterproductive, but it's this, is that when you know that his love doesn't change for you, it actually enables you to live differently. Like, when you know that his love for you is not contingent on your performance, but on what he did on the cross, then you know, like, hey, because I've encountered the love of the Father, I'm actually going to give it away freely. Like, it's sometimes just is knowing that, like, you cannot earn any more love than he already gives you. He already died for you. He's not going to do it again. Like, that's the reality that has to sink in. And so there's this really cool story in the Bible, and I'm like this visual, sometimes learner, kinesthetic, audible learner. Like, I'm all three, but I want you to close your eyes with me for just like 30 seconds. There's this really cool story in the Bible where Jesus is arrested. He's brought before the crowd and Pilate, and there's this other dude named Barabbas. Now, Barabbas is a murderer hated by everyone in the city, um, you can add any other sin, any other thing onto him, and that was Barabbas. He needed to be in jail. In fact, he needed to be killed. That's why him and Jesus were actually brought before Pilate. They wanted to kill him. And so Jesus was convicted of nothing wrong. They just convicted him to convict him so he could be brought up on the stand. And now I want you to substitute yourself for Barabbas. All the things that you know you have done, all the things that you know that, like, if someone found out, you would be ashamed of them. I want you to put yourself in Barabbas' shoes. You're chained and bound right there. And Pilate walks up, thinking he knows the crowd's answer, and says, all right, guys, we got two people here. We got Barabbas, the murderer, or Jesus, the king of the Jews. Who do you want to go free today? Or maybe it's, we've got Odessa who's done this, or maybe we've got Jacob who's done this. Or do you want Jesus, the perfect son of God, to go free? Which one do you choose? With your eyes closed, I want you to imagine yourself standing there next to Jesus, about to be convicted for everything you've done. And all of a sudden, the crowd begins to shout, we want Barabbas. We want Samuel. We want David. We want Odessa. We want Isaiah to go free. And Pilate's looking like, wait, you don't want this Jesus guy to go free? You want this person? And Jesus willingly takes your chains, 
puts them on himself and stands there knowing he's about to die in a few hours and says, hey, I want you to go free. You turn, you're like, Jesus, why? Jesus' response, I just love you. But I haven't done anything right. I know. I just love you. You begin to walk off, and you know that Jesus is paying for everything that you'll ever do. I want you to open your eyes. That's the Father's love for you. That, like, even when you don't feel like you deserve it, he says you deserve it. Like, his love doesn't make any sense because it's unconditional. There is no condition at which you can actually earn his love. His love is just for you. So the first point with that is, like, if I don't know the Father's love, I can't live out the rest of this verse. If I don't know how much he actually loves me, and this is it. You never come to a place where you're 100% know his love for you. It's just a journey. Like, you just get to go on and be like, hey, I didn't know God loved me that way. Prime example. Like, for me, I, I didn't grow up with a father. He was he, uh, shot and killed when I was 14, and so I didn't, go, I didn't grow up with the father. Most of you know that. But what I did know is I started encountering the, encountering the heavenly father's love, and it started radically changing how I saw myself. That, oh, wow, like, I am worth every second on the cross to him. Like, I'm worth, like, anybody ever got, like, that paper cut? Remember that paper cut story I told you? Yeah, right? Think, think about Jesus being whipped until no one recognized him, and that's what you were worth to him. He became unrecognizable so the Father could recognize you. Every piece that was torn out of him was put in you so you could be whole. Like, his love for you is that audacious. Like, that reckless. To where while he's getting beaten, he's thinking of you and going, man, I am so excited for this person to say yes. I'm so excited. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like the Father's love for you is so radical that if you're not rooted in his love, all of our other relationships will crumble at some point or another. Like seriously. Like I look at my whole family. I look at my brother who I don't have the best relationship with. After my dad passed away, he kind of did his own thing and went to a dark place. And my mom and my relationship kind of got put on tension. And me and my sister's relationship got put on tension. And so I started realizing that the problem wasn't them. The problem was that I was trying to build a relationship with them out of my own effort. So I was trying to love them through their issues through Sam's love, which is a conditional love. I wasn't loving them through the Father's love, which is unconditional. Meaning that they can't do anything wrong that would stop the father from loving them. So for me, I had to get to a place, and I'm still working on it, where when I see them, I see them the way the father sees them. Like, if you're dating someone, and like, you go into that relationship, like, high and mighty, you feel good, you get into a relationship, and then all of a sudden you slump down, that relationship was never founded on God in the first place. Like, any relationship that you personally feel like if that person left you, you would crumble, was never built on the Father. Like, I'm telling you right now, if I knew my boo-boo kitty right here, my bae, was waiting for me after high school, I wouldn't, seriously, I wouldn't have wasted time dating anybody else because her, her like, relationship was built on the Father's love, so it was super easy to fall in love with her. It wasn't hard. I look at my best friends all of their relationships with the Heavenly Father are so solid that it was easy to hang out with them. It was easy for them to call things out in my life. It's easy for us to sharpen each other, but if relationships are not built on the Father's love, they will crumble at some point. Like, they will. 
And the problem that we start having is we start doing things out of our own effort, and then we ask God, where are you? When the reality is, where you been? Like, he's been over here, but you wanted to go over there. Like, we need to realize that our roots have to go so deep that it hits the untapped source that the world has never seen. Like, how does a palm tree actually survive a storm? Its roots are so deep that you can't move it. Like, we need to become like a, a culture and a, and a revolution whose roots are so deep in the Father's love that when storms hit other people, they come to you for shelter because they know the Father's love is with you. Like, that's what we're cultivating here. Like, you, you need to know that the Father loves you so, so much that he was willing to send his own son to literally die a brutal death for you. Like, I'm sitting here thinking right now, like, if it was between you and Cadence hanging off a cliff, I would look at you and be like, bye. Like, you're going to learn today, and I'm going to grab Cadence, and I'm going to leave. But, like, think about this. His own son was willing to die a penalty that he never even needed to. He just did it so you wouldn't have to. Like, he chose you over his son. Some of you's parents have chose their job over you, but the father doesn't work that way. He chose you and said, I'll finish the job later. Like, some of us need to realize that, like, some, some of our encounters with our parents or our friends, the father is actually the polar opposite of. Like, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you, he died for you, he chooses you every time. Like, he doesn't choose someone else over you, he loves you, he wants you. And so it leads to point number two. If you're taking notes or trying to get a girlfriend or boyfriend, this would be the perfect time to take notes. Demonstrate the same love I have for you. So once the Father's love and I encounter that love and I start seeing it unfold in my life, I am supposed to now demonstrate that same love to the world around me. So what does that look like? I wrote three things down that I feel like are huge. Number one is that I demonstrate the kingdom through my character, the way I speak, and supernatural breakthrough. You know, one of the hardest things as a youth pastor is not calling people out every time you see them. Or sometimes it's just difficult because for me, someone called me out my whole life and it helped me. They called me up and not out. That's what I meant. They called it up and not out. So when they saw character flaws, they said, hey, you don't believe the Father loves you that much because you're acting this way when no one's watching. Like, you talk this way, but it doesn't sound like the Father's love coming out of you. Like, there's certain things in our lives that the Father's love will instantly go after. It's your character, your love, and supernatural breakthrough. Like, once you encounter the Father's love, he reroutes our character. Like, we, we begin to walk like we are sons and daughters of a king. Like, did you know if you had a million dollars, you would act differently if you only had one? Because I'd be out there buying Ferraris. I'd be like, what's up? Like, right? Like, I'd be out there rolling. My wardrobe would be nasty. Like, it'd be awesome. But think about this. Then why, when we encounter a God, the creator of the universe, we choose to live the same? He created everything, and yet when we encounter him, we don't want to give up some of the things that we're doing. It's because our roots aren't actually built in the Father's love. We're starting to get our roots deeper. And sometimes when it hits a rock, it has to break through it to go farther. So for me, some of mine were my character, language. Like, there's certain things that when you say yes to Jesus, and you know them because half of you just thought of them. There's things that the Lord is saying, hey, my love wants to break that rock in your life. 
like, I want to push past it because once you get past that rock, there's so much more. There's so much more there. And so like with our character and our language, like someone once asked me, and this is called discipleship. This isn't like condemning. This is convicting. Someone once asked me, if you never told someone that you followed Jesus, would they know it through your character and the way you speak? I just sat there and I was like, nope, <laughs> not at all. And he's like, why is that? I was like, oh, because I don't actually believe that the Lord has called me to a different thing. He's called me to live differently. So when it comes to supernatural breakthrough, so we've gone character, language, supernatural breakthrough, it's so much easier to pray for someone when you're actually living what you say you believe. Someone asked me, like, where do you get that boldness, bro? Every time I pray for someone inside, I'm like, Jesus, please show up. Like, Kirsten and I have seen some crazy wild miracles. We've seen, like, a, a blood disease that's incurable just disappear. They go to the doctor, they're completely fine. You think, I, I wasn't up there like, Father, you know. I was inside like, oh, God, show up. Like, please. Like, I begin to start seeing, like, man, the Father's love for that person. When I tell them how much the Father loves them, I see miracles and things so much quicker. Like, and I'm not saying it's a formula, but, like, when I tell someone, like, I'm going to use Anna. I used her the first uh, service. I'm like, Anna, yo, God wants to heal you. She's like, who's God and why does he want to touch me? Like, what's happening? Like, but if I say, hey, Anna, like, man, the Heavenly Father is in love with you. He loves you so much. And, like, even when you mess up, it doesn't change him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. Like, when I start telling her how much the Father loves her, I have just rerouted any relationship that she's had with someone else that doesn't line up to that and said that that's not, the, that's not the God that I serve. And then I begin to pray for the healing. Like, people want to know that Jesus loves them. They want to hear it, but they also want to see it. And so when we have that Father's love encounter, like, we get to share that with people. Like, that is so fun to me. Like, it's an amazing thing to realize when someone realizes, like, hey, like, no matter what I do, there's someone out there that will love me no matter what. We live in a performance-based world, right? That's why, like, when someone doesn't feel like, feels left out of something, they instantly go, like, why didn't people want me around? It's because you still think you have to perform your way into that group. Like, we live in a performance-based life, but God has already done the whole performance 2,000 years ago. Like, now you just get to walk in the benefits of it. That's the fun part about the kingdom. But if it's not rooted in the Father's love, the more I pray for people outside of the Father's love, I get more tired and I don't see as many miracles. Jesus said, I can only do and say what my Father does and says. So, like, there's this closeness that you get with the Father that you start seeing those things brought into reality. Point number three is this. Everyone will know that you're my true followers. Everyone will know that you're my true followers. And a couple things I wrote down underneath that is, People will know that you follow Jesus just by the way you love people. So those friends and families that you know that don't follow Jesus will know that you follow him just by your love. I'm a huge researcher, so I study the Bible kind of like annoyingly at times, I'm sure, for Kirsten. Like, because once I get locked in, there ain't no one locking for hours later sometimes. I have never seen Jesus ever claim to be something. He never said, by the way, I'm the son of God, what up? Like, never said that. He never came down and was like, by the way, I'm a savior. I'm going to die for everybody. Like, he never once said, like, this is who I am. It was how he lived his life that proclaimed who he was. 
Like the way he lived his life and the way he loved a Zacchaeus, the way that he stopped to heal a leper, which risked his whole life, the way he lived his life said that he was the son of God. The way that you live your life will say if you believe what you actually say. Like the way we, we interact with other people, like what if I told you you're not allowed to preach a message or tell anyone that you're a Christ follower for the rest of your life. The way you live has to say that. That's what's called being set apart, right? In the world, but not of it. We don't have to function the way it does, but we can transform it. Like, like it's so much easier to think like, man, I don't have to go around my school and be like, hey, most of y'all are probably going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Like, I don't have to do that. What I can do is when someone has an issue, I actually go and like, hey, man, can I actually pray for you? Like, I'm not going to like be like super weird, but like, I just want, I just feel like God just wants you to know that he cares for you. Like, if my life can actually, like, preach the gospel, I'm living successfully. If someone can look at my marriage and go, that is a marriage who God is the foundation of it, that's amazing. If I can get people last night coming up to me from across the auditorium and say, I saw your two-year-old worship up front, and that blessed my heart. Like, if that to me is the best message I'll ever preach, the way I live my life will be the ultimate message for God. It'll be a song in heaven, hopefully. Like, my life should be the greatest message that you will ever hear, not something up here. Like, if you're like, man, Sam preached a great message, but he's kind of a tool afterwards. Like, I don't believe the Father's love. I don't actually believe what I'm saying. But if I preach a message and you see me out on the street and you're like, dang, I saw Sam, like, actually praying for the sick, you know I actually believe it. You will know them by their fruits. You will know my disciples for their love for one another. Like, if I don't know A, the Father's love for me, I can't do B and C. If I don't know point one, I can't do point two and three. Like, if I do point one, like, if I know the Father's love, I instantly want to tell someone about it. And if I instantly want to tell someone about it, people are going to know that I'm his disciple. Like, that's the point of the Father's love is that it radically transforms you and changes you. There's a scripture that's not going to be up here, but it's John chapter 12. Verse 24. I didn't use this first service, but I feel like I'm supposed to do this one. Jesus is saying this. He says, truly, truly. Anytime Jesus says this in the Bible, you see a, like a truly, truly, that means shut up and listen up. That's just how I read it. Like, this is important. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls from the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Everyone's face just now was like, why are we talking about seeds, bro? <laughs> like, that's a picture of Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, he died and was buried in the ground. And when he rose again, it produced multiple fruit. So when Jesus died and he rose again, you are the byproduct of his love for humanity. Like, he's wanting you to be the fruit that everyone sees that, wow, Jesus came to this earth and died for me. Like, sometimes I think we're waiting on God to do stuff when God's just waiting on us to do stuff. Like, I remember, like, God, Holy Spirit, you're over there. You go, you go over there and heal that person. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, your legs work. You go over there and pray for him. I'm like, all right, then. And I just go over there, like, sometimes we're waiting on God to move, but he's just like, if you would just move and partner with me, you would transform your family, actually. Like, I just sense right now that some of you, like, your family life is not that great. 
Like, you actually get belittled by older siblings. You get belittled by your parents. And I just heard the, I just, this is off the cuff, but I just feel like I'm sensing the father was just saying that, like, your performance will get you nowhere in the kingdom. Just be you and I'll love you. Like, you don't have to try to get my love. I'll never belittle you. I'll never talk down to you. Like, your worth is what I paid for, like, 2,000 years ago. And I think, like, the reality of that is, is us choosing to believe it. Our faith isn't, like, mustering up some big thing of faith and being like, hey, like, do I have to have this mountain of faith to believe this? No, it's just going, Jesus, I don't know if I see this. I don't know if it's true, but I believe it because you said it about me. Like, when we get rooted in the Father's love, like, it's so much easier to actually live life and a life that's not based on performance. Like, when I know his love for me, it propels me into my destiny. Like, I get to be like, hey, like, today, God wouldn't love me any differently, but I'm going to go pray for someone today. Like, I'm actually going to go do what I believe. And that's when, the, that's when the tension starts getting. We'll talk about that later in the series of, like, do I actually believe what I say I believe? Because if my roots aren't into the Father's love, my life will never follow it. Like, I can't be like, hey, I'm a Christian and not have the fruit from it. Like, where my roots are actually, like, put into, that'll be what I actually, like, the fruit that people will see. So I think we're going to get into worship. Worship team, you can come back up. And we're going to just, we're going to get into worship. I'm going to challenge you for this. We're going to get in there, and we're going to be like, Jesus, you're awesome. Our hands are going to go up. But I just want to ask you a real question. Have you ever encountered the Father's love, or are you just here to joke around in the section over there on the right? Like, is that, is that what we're here for? Because honestly, you're sitting in this chair with you like, my parents brought me. No, 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 no. This was God's plan A to get you here. Whether it was through your parents or through your friend, that was his plan A, and he's waiting to actually encounter you, but you have to take the step forward. Like, you have to choose that. He'll never force his love on you. You get to choose that love. And I think sometimes we just need to know that, like, he is already here, but, and he's been waiting for you. Like, he's just been like, hey, I want to show you my love today. Like, I want to show you, like, actually, like, you are who I say. I, like, like, you are everything that I say about you. And if you don't believe it, I'll show you. So we're going to get into worship. And, and as we sing the, our next song, like, I challenge you to say, Lord, where do I not believe what you say about me? And if you've never encountered the Father's love, you should actually go for that. Because he gives his gifts freely, and they're always available. And so we're going to go into worship right now. I'm going to pray, and I just challenge you guys just to encounter the love of the Father today. Say, Father, show me this love that we're talking about. I want it to be a reality in my life. So let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We thank you, Father, for your love that was poured out and is continuously being poured out on us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We adore you. Jesus, we thank you for dying for us. And Holy Spirit, let that love of the Father actually sink into a reality for some of us today. That like what my friends think about me, what my family thinks about me, what teachers or coaches think about me actually don't define who I am. It's the price that you paid thousands of years ago before I even existed is what defines who I am. So, Father, we love and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution.